Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The text for today's sermon is the, the Gospel reading. Please be seated. Many of our modern houses don't come with doorkeepers. It's up to us to lock up and perhaps buy a security system if we're feeling particularly endangered. But in some big cities, there, that may be a tad bit different. There may be apartment buildings which employ full-time security guards who guard and watch the main entrance. There may even be several guards who are on duty 24 hours a day. They see everyone who enters and who leaves. This is how it would be in the great homes of the rich in Jesus' day. Jesus says he's like a man who goes on a journey and he leaves his servants in charge with specific work to do. Watch. Be alert. Stay awake. Four times Jesus says it in four verses of our Gospel reading. That's the spirit of Advent. Watchfulness. Alertness. Waiting with sober vigilance. Be on the lookout, as they say. The Lord is near. This is the warning that Jesus issues to His followers, to all of us, as we face the troubles of this world. And the thing that doorkeepers have to do above all else is to stay awake, to be on the lookout. If a security guard falls asleep on duty, he will not be a security guard for very much longer. The guard's job is to stay awake, to keep watch until his shift is done. What if the doorkeeper in Jesus' little parable knew the precise moment of his master's return? Then again, what if you knew the very moment when Jesus Christ was going to return to this world. You'd be ready, of course. You'd have everything in order. And until that day, you wouldn't have to give it or him very much thought at all. You could pretty much carry on business as usual. His coming wouldn't interrupt your plans in the least. It would be like keeping an appointment with your doctor or your hairdresser. You'd put it in your day planner, day of the Lord, and you'd set a notification for an hour beforehand, right? Wouldn't it be great to know what the precise day and hour when our Lord Jesus would make his grand reappearance? We could greet him in style. We would be ready for him. We could have a special church service, maybe coffee hour afterwards. Our ladies are really good. 
And, and you know what? We might even get lots of people to show up. Nobody would want to miss that divine service now, would they? And up until that day, we wouldn't have to worry about it one bit, would we? Because if we knew the day and the hour of our Lord's appearing, there would be no faith. No trust in His Word. It would be works heaped up with more works. No trust at all. No ongoing relationship with the Jesus who is already with us. No wide-eyed expectation. No anticipation. No watchful waiting. Why? Because human nature likes to postpone, to procrastinate, to put things off until tomorrow. Well, there might not be a tomorrow. Scripture is clear that Christians are supposed to grow. We're supposed to mature spiritually. So spiritual procrastination, brothers and sisters, is not a good thing. We're supposed to kill all sin and evil desires in us on a daily basis. We shouldn't be neglecting or extinguishing or casting off the gifts of God. We're supposed to call upon God in every trouble. How many of you are having troubles? Have you called on God? We're supposed to gladly hear and learn God's Word, not begrudgingly hear and learn God's Word. And yet, those are the things that many Christians neglect. We're easily bored. Our eyes grow weary. Our hearts grow dull. Our minds are distracted. Our attention spans are little more than a commercial break. We can't stand staying up all night in prayer. So Jesus is challenging you. He's challenging you. He's challenging me. Are you spiritually drowsy? Have you become spiritually drowsy? Are you bored with the story of your salvation? Are you apathetic to our mission to save the lost and, and make disciples? Do you find yourself disinterested in worship? Does God only matter in your life on Sunday morning? How's your prayer life and Bible reading? Sluggish? Non-existent? Instead of self-control, have you enjoyed a little too much self-indulgence? Have you become spiritually drowsy? Well, then it's time to wake up! Be alert. Keep on the watch. Stay awake. You don't know when Jesus will arrive. You don't know when your last hour may come. Just as a master leaves home and places someone on guard, so we are to be on the alert. Keep awake for our master's return. And as we keep watch, Jesus Christ, our Lord, invites us to wait for his return. The doorkeeper and the servants have to wait. They have to wait for their master's return. Waiting is not popular. What's popular is free next day shipping. That's popular. 
What's popular is instant access, immediate gratification. That's what's popular. Waiting, stand in line for a little while and you'll see how, how popular you find waiting. Our tendency is to say waiting is a waste of time. We got to get going. We got to do something. We got to make a difference. I've got places to go, people to see, things to do. Can't just sit here and wait. For many people, waiting is like an awful desert between where they are and where they want to be. And people don't like to wait. It's not hard to understand why my kids get angry and impatient when I say, just wait. How do we wait for God? We wait with patience. Now, patience does not mean sitting around and doing nothing. Waiting patiently is not like waiting for the bus to come. If the bus is late, you can't do anything about it. So you have to sit there and wait. We're not like that when we wait for the Lord. Well, then what are we supposed to do? The master in the story leaves his servants, each with his assigned task. He places on them a personal responsibility in light of the fact that he is going to come back. Each of us have been given duties and responsibilities which vary according to our different places and stations in life. We each have a place in the family, in the workplace, in human society. Certain things are expected of us. Just pause and think about that for a brief moment. Think about your family. What's expected of you? Think about your workplace. What's expected of you? Think about your life as a citizen of Canada, as a part of human society. What's expected of you? As you wait for the Lord's return, God has given you the task of loving and serving your neighbors, each other. You can do so by being a good parent, a faithful spouse, a child who honors their father and mother, a good employee by being a good citizen, helping the poor and the destitute and the sick and the lost and the lame, right? Notice. It's the master who gave them their work. God himself has given you your place in your family, in your workplace, and in society. He is at work through us by means of ordinary people carrying out the ordinary day-to-day tasks of life. God is at work. God is providing for what we need. He does so through other people, through our communities and our relationships that He places us in. Through the talents and the opportunities that He's given to you to bless others, to love your neighbor. Pastor, that's all well and good, but I still have to wait. Our intro at Psalm, from Psalm 25, says, none who wait for the Lord shall be put to shame. You can wait patiently because as a Christian, you have received a promise. A promise that allows you to wait. You have received 
something that's at work in you. It's like a seed that's been planted and has, been, has started to grow. To wait patiently for God is to trust in God. The secret of waiting is trusting that God has planted a seed and that something has actually begun. It's far easier to wait for a bus when you see the bus coming down the road, right? It's far easier for us to wait when we realize that the salvation which we hope for has already begun in us. So waiting for God is not about waiting for God to finally do something. It's always about recognizing that he's been doing something all along and he will do something more. Because we're not waiting for a stranger, are we? We're waiting for our world's creator, our redeemer, the one who purchased us by his own blood. We're waiting for the one who already we already know and who already knows us. We're watching and waiting for Jesus Christ, our Savior, who died so that we might live in him. We're watching and waiting for the dawn of the new creation, a, the endless day that will be that will come at the end of this present darkness. We're watching and waiting for the one who's already come to us in our baptism. In a very real sense, when you were baptized, you've already experienced your last day. You've already died in your baptism because you were baptized into Jesus' death. And every Sunday, you experience a foretaste of heaven, an appetizer for which the main course is still coming. Every Sunday is a Lord's Day, a day when Jesus comes to us. He comes to us in the supper. He comes to us in the word of forgiveness, of life. And so the coming of Jesus is no surprise to us, only the day and the hour. The Christian life is a life in which we wait patiently. We wait patiently because something's happened in us already. And we trust that when Jesus returns, something new will happen in us. Something new that is beyond our wildest imaginations. Christ Jesus, who once came and shed his blood to save humanity, to save you, who comes to you even now through word and sacrament, is most certainly returning, coming again. We don't know when that will be. It could be any time. So we're given the charge to be watchful, be awake, be alert, be on the lookout. Keep your eyes and keep your ears locked on Jesus. Remember your baptism. Remember that you've already died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Come, take and eat. Drink Jesus' body and blood. That's your food that will sustain you through the wilderness. Confess your sins. Receive God's forgiveness. Put to death the sin that's in you every single day.
and wait patiently for Jesus. He's forgiven you. He's coming to save you. To raise you from the dead. Watch. Because it will be worth the wait. And may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at icloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.